Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. This is the year-end edition. That music he hears from my son, Sam Brandt. You see his picture back there <laughs> when he was a little guy. Uh, always presented uh, with producer extraordinaire Brian Neal. Today, I want to take you through the top 10 stories, I think, of the business of sports in 2020. I know everyone talks about this year, and there's a lot of pessimism, a lot of lament about looking back on 2020, but I thought we'd look back on it with some, maybe some doom, but also some hope as we look into the top 10 stories in my world, the business of sports from my perspective on what we went through this year, sort of a year-end version of Brant's rants here on the Business of Sports podcast. All right, let's get right to it. Number one is no surprise to anyone. It is the subject that has dominated the whole year in news and in sports. There's no question. It's COVID. So the COVID impact on sports, a lot of ways to go here. I want to give you the highlights, what I think are the highlights. We have data, number one. And the data is that bubbling works, bubbling, where you sequester your team, your league, your, your front office, all your people in one location. You don't let people in or out. That works. I mean, the data from the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer is all conclusive. We have data. It works. No infections. The only infections were before they got there. So we know one thing from COVID in sports is that bubbling works. And it was a testament to Adam Silver, to Michelle Roberts, to people with MLS, to people with the NHL, Gary Bettman. They made it work with all the precautions, all the money they spent, what they did to make it happen in the bubbles. So then we get to leagues that aren't bubbling. Obviously, Major League Baseball had hiccups going in. Uh, they seem to have worked that out. They have enough games where they could rejigger the schedule to work things out. Baseball has this wonderful and sequestered the bubbling in Texas and got the World Series in, albeit with the hiccup at the end with the player that did test positive. Again, that's a bit of a hiccup, but baseball made it through. And now to the sport I talk about most, the NFL is playing through. I was vocal all offseason, as people who know listen to me. Are we really doing this? Are we playing through a pandemic when no matter how many protocols you have, the idea of football, practicing and playing is the opposite of social distancing with force, with contact, with up close and personal particles or droplet exchange, whatever we want to describe it. They're getting through. Now, there have been more than hiccups with the NFL, as we know, and I've talked about that inflection point that I saw in the week before Thanksgiving, where they played a Wednesday game, albeit kept delaying it, but still played it, where the Ravens had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, and eight, but nine days of positive tests consecutively, 23 players on the COVID list, but they played. That gives us precedent that we know the NFL is not going to move games. Now, if something happens in the playoffs, they do have that week to jerry-rigger if they have to and to have a week off during the playoffs. That's their priority, not the regular season. They're making it through, and from the financial point, the mini-CBA the NFL did, we're going to see what the diminution of revenues is for the cap next year. Can't go below 175. Will it go to 180? Will they borrow from the future? In my opinion, they will not have it go too much, and they'll borrow from when those TV contracts kick in. COVID in sports has had a massive impact. We'll talk a little bit more about the college impact later in this, but on pro sports, 
you know, the, the ones that have the least resources are obviously going to be the most affected. And the NFL has the most resources and they're probably the least affected. So we'll see where it goes. Obviously, we're looking towards vaccinations. We're looking for a more hopeful 2021, but it's going to be here a while, obviously. The NBA is going through its second season in COVID. They're having issues getting full teams together. Uh, this is going to happen with the NHL. Are they going to buy vaccinations to get them on the top of the list? I don't know about that. NHL, there were some comments out of that. The NBA said, no, we're not going to do that. And the NFL has said, we're not going to do that. So it's going to be with us a while. Hopefully by fall of 2021, we're in a semi or almost normal state in sports. But COVID is the biggest impact in sports. The number two is related. It's activism. It's Black Lives Matter. It's what happened in the wake of the George Floyd shooting. I'm sorry, the George Floyd uh, death and the Jacob Blake shooting. Where in that moment in September where, um, yeah, we had the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks walked off. We didn't have games. And this was a moment. And I thought there may never be a moment like this where you have the entire league and its front offices and coaches in one place, as we did at Disney. And they were able to come up with a plan and they imposed their will. They didn't have the leverage themselves, but their owners did to open up these arenas for voting, to make change agents out of themselves and the people they could influence. What a moment in time. So much we hear about activism, but it's on Twitter. It's kind of half-hearted, but this was real. This was leveraging their celebrity for real change. And I'm impressed with the NBA players for doing that. On a deeper level, we saw a lot of comments um, and we saw the NBA, NFL players make a video. We saw Roger Goodell make kind of a half-hearted video right after the Floyd strangulation. And then it became more after the players made their video. And now we see and racism and things on the back of the helmets and things in the end zones, not as in your face as other leagues and probably softer is what the NFL could tolerate, their owners. It is interesting that four years after Colin Kaepernick sort of brought these issues of police brutality, of unequal treatment by law enforcement to the front, uh, that is now being embraced or was embraced by NFL owners after they shunned him and still do for so long. So athlete activism, I think, is the second big issue in the business of sports of 2020. Third, this is a college issue that would have been upfront number one in in a non-COVID year. It's the issue of NIL, name image likeness. It's radicalizing to some extent college sports, and it's here. It's happening. This is really happening. For the first time, college student athletes who've always been under this banner of amateurism, that always been in a situation where they can't profit from who they are, their celebrity, now they can. Now, it's not official. We've seen guidelines. It's supposed to, it's supposed to take effect from the NCA in January. We've got a ton of bills out there. It's very popular politically. We've got it from, uh, we've got it from congressmen, from senators, and and it's it's federal and it's national and it's state. I'm sorry. So state, we have Florida, we have Colorado, we have California, we have other states, and then of course we have federal. We have a Rubio bill, we have a Chris Murphy bill, we have a Walker bill, we have a Cory Booker bill. We don't know where this is going to go. Some bills take the NCA out of it, have oversight by the FTC and by other organizations. Anthony Gonzalez, another former NFL player, he's got a bill. Everyone's got a bill. So we're going to see where this goes. The important thing to note is that for the first time in the history of college sports, college athletes are going to make money. Now, it can't come from the school. That's the big guardrail here. Can't come from the school. 
has to come from third parties. So third party endorsements. You can do your YouTube business before you couldn't. You can shout out on Cameo before you couldn't do that. And of course, you can get paid by local endorsements and you couldn't do that before. That's going to happen. The question is under what framework? Is it a completely NCA framework? Are compliance departments involved? How do you establish fair market value? I'm involved with Villanova. How are we dealing with educating the students, student athletes, and educating people around us about it? So we'll see where that goes in terms of name image likeness. But what an issue. It was the issue, I think, not only for college, but all business and legal issues in sports before COVID. So we're going to see where that goes. The issue of NIL, name image likeness for college athletes, it's coming. You know, everyone bashes the NCA, but kudos because this has been taboo for so long and they are now stepping into the future. This is going to happen. And again, this is more than Zion and the extremes and Trevor Lawrence. This is going to happen, hopefully, for even non-revenue sport athletes. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Okay, the next two issues, number four and five, are really involving a sport I don't talk too much about, but I think it's important, Major League Baseball. The, the big issue I saw there, the, the, the big business of sports top issue of the year is that they did a deal with TNT, I'm sorry, Turner Sports, following a deal with Fox they had done before. And the Turner Sports contract, it's seven years, 3.2 billion. That's a 40%, now let me say it again, 40% increase from the prior deal, 40%. So people talk about COVID, people talk about revenues down, people talk about the NFL is the only property that, no. No, <laughs> this is Major League Baseball, what people see as a localized sport, getting a national contract with Turner and a 40% increase during a pandemic. It just shows you the power of sports on television. NFL is the biggest of the biggest fish, of the, of the big fish. But Major League Baseball able to get that 40% increase just to me bodes like, oh my God, these NFL deals are going to be massive, massive which we'll talk about for 2021. But Major League Baseball getting a Turner deal, future television deal with Turner. They're going to add a, a Sunday night along with their Tuesday package. Wow, 40% increase, $3.2 billion over seven years. Kudos to baseball. Shows you the power of live sports, the power of sports in general. And imagine where that's going to go on the NFL. Think about that. The other issue, number five on my top issues of business and sports for 2020, is also a baseball deal. New York Mets, one of the premier, forget about the performance on the field, one of the premier names in <clears throat> the business of sports, the New York Mets, they're sold. And not only have they sold for the biggest price in baseball, $2.4 billion, they were sold to what's going to be the richest owner in baseball, Steve Cohn, the hedge fund magnate, who's worth, some reports, $14 billion. So the Mets are now owned by the richest owner of baseball, are now the priciest franchise uh, acquisition in sport in the sport of baseball. And of course, that bodes well for all sports. When one league gets a new level, they've leveled up to $2.4 billion. Of course, the NFL recent sale, the Carolina Panthers, about $2.25 billion. Uh, but, you know, that the Mets are up here in baseball. And of course, the Carolina is down low in football. So we can see what that dichotomy is going to be. Number six, the biggest issues in the business of sports is a related issue to the Steve Cohn issue with buying the Mets. And it's really the influx of private money into sports. Now, the NFL has this rule that they're trying to keep it alive after, with so much difference 
of acquisition and wealth when they started this rule, which is sort of keeping alive the idea that it's a family ownership, that you have one person representing the team. We just went through this Tennessee Titans. They now have one person that's more than a one-third owner that could sit at the table and represent the team. But the influence of private equity and SPACs, I'll explain SPACs in a second, is really something I've noticed in 2020. Private equity money uh, with cash flow issues due to COVID, external resources have become a part of sports now. Again, the NFL is different, but external resources coming in, private equity money into sports. And again, private equity is a soulless venture. You know, there's not a lot of human emotional equity in these investments, but it's coming. And it's coming hard because of the price of these franchises, the cash flow issues out of of the pandemic, and we got it in. And that relates to SPACs, which are special purpose acquisition companies. They're all over sports right now. Every day I pick up the business of sports trades, and it's all about new SPACs. People coming in with money, with funds, with investment for sports acquisition, teams, media, gambling, anything involved with sports, that's happening. There are SPACs all over right now. And I won't even name one because I'm leaving out so many. SPACs have entered the sports space in a big time way. That is happening. And that is my sixth biggest issue in the business of sports in 2020. We'll be back with more of the business of sports countdown of the top 10 business stories of 2020 in a minute. But first, a word from DraftKings. Holiday season's winding down, but the sports calendar, no way. It's in full swing. To celebrate the college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new users a chance to bet on any semifinal team. You know the semis are this week. Win the championship 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team. To win the championship, your team wins. You cash $100 on DraftKings. Safe, secure, reliable, easy to deposit, and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Ross when you sign up. Get 100 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. That's code Ross for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal this week for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now... Back to the rest of the list of the business of sports top stories in 2020. Number seven, speaking of ownership still, the team that I grew up rooting for was called the Redskins. The big issue here is they changed their name. No one thought it would happen, but there was enough pressure from uh, activists, I guess, in light of what happened this year with activism and from Daniel Snyder, the majority owner's partners, which continues to be a high drama in terms of what he did, what his uh, confidential settlements were regarding sexual assault. All these kind of things are still out there. But in the middle of all this, with his partners angling to sell and his partners angling to uh, air the dirty laundry about Daniel Snyder, they have changed the name. It's now the Washington football team. Uh, As we sit here today, they can win a game on Sunday and host a playoff game next week. And I've had Jason Wright, their new president on the podcast, coming from a, a consulting world and McKenzie. He's a very impressive guy. Please listen to that podcast. But that to me is the seventh biggest story in the business of sports in 2020. It is the change of name from the Washington Redskins, no longer, never again, to the Washington football team to be named later 
in a different kind of name with all the attendant revenues that will come from that and the new brand name and the new logo, et cetera. Okay, the eighth biggest issue in the business sports is right up my alley in the NFL, quarterback contracts. We started the year with someone that I, I still shake my head at this contract. Ryan Tannehill, who was basically kicked out of the Miami Dolphins, uh, is a revelation with the Tennessee Titans, signs a deal for $91 million over three years, like 110 over four, 118, I believe, over four. Massive deal for Ryan Tannehill. More than I ever could have imagined. That's a $30 million a year for the true average, about 33 years, and that's massive. Um, now we have to compare it to, to a deal that I've criticized. Uh, it's been hard for me to criticize because I like the agent. I like the player, of course. Patrick Mahomes, it's a 10-year deal. It could be up to 450 maybe $500 million. That's funny money to me. I don't understand this contract. I don't understand the length, giving his whole career of the best player in football over without an opportunity to renegotiate. And I certainly don't understand signing a deal with this low early money, $10 million bonus. So I'm making 10 million this year. Most quarterbacks are making more than that without new deals and 63 million over three years. That's the same money that Teddy Bridgewater got. And of course, Ryan Tannehill got 91 million. So 30 million more money for Ryan Tannehill over the important part of the deal, the early years. Now, does, does Patrick Holmes get more money later? Sure. But if he was a free agent, he'd get more than the more he's getting later. Of course he would, even if he has down years. Come on. I don't understand the home Mahomes deal. I, I never will. I don't know how he couldn't leverage the more than that in terms of a type of deal. And speaking of not doing a deal, Dak Prescott playing on franchise tag gets hurt, but I think he's fine. Uh, and if he does another franchise tag, he'll make 36 next year, 31 this year. That's 67 over two. Compare again to Mahomes, who's making 63 over three. Uh, and then we'll have to deal with quarterback contract issues in the future with the uh, topic du jour of Carson Wentz, who, in my opinion, and I've been very vocal about this, the team cannot, will not trade or cut him. So he will be an eagle, either as a backup, either competing for the job, or maybe they give him the starting job again. We'll see what happens with that. Okay. Number nine on the business of sports issues for 2020, that would be the sale of a professional football league named the XFL. XFL started a great fanfare in 2020, had a couple good weeks, and then, of course, COVID hit. And like I said, those with lesser resources couldn't do much about it, and they had to fold. And they did. And then you have all kinds of detritus with Oliver Luck, their commissioner, suing uh, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon suing Oliver Luck, all that's going on. And they were sold to a SPAC, Jerry Cardinal as part of it, uh, with a guy named The Rock and his former wife. But what shocked me is the total value of that transaction, 20, I'm sorry, $15 million, $15 million for a sports league, for a football league, for one that had a TV contract. Okay, we'll, which just shows you how limited the asset is when you're selling it for $15 million. I mean, The Rock makes that with like three days of work on a movie, right? So there we go. Okay, and my final story of the business of sports in 2020 is back to college sports. We talked about it with name image likeness. This is the real tragedy of COVID in my opinion. Yes, there've been tons of cancellations, college football and college basketball, the two primary revenue sports, but that is the tip of the iceberg. That means nothing. College football will be fine. 
in the big times, big time teams. College basketball will be fine. But the massive disruption to the rest of college sports is what I see as one of the biggest issues of the year in the business of sports. Hundreds of teams cut, not just their season from COVID, but cut. And we're talking about largely non-revenue sports like pick and pick a, pick a sport, wrestling, lacrosse, soccer, baseball, swimming and diving, Stanford, my alma mater, cutting 11 sports with a $5 billion, whatever, how many billion endowments Stanford has. You have sports being cut all over the place. You have women's basketball right now after playing a few games, cut Duke basketball. SMU, where my son is the manager for the men's team, they just cut the women, stopped it because of COVID. So this is the disruption in college sports that people don't talk about. People are up in arms about, oh, they got to cancel this game or you can't play this bowl game or this this team didn't get enough games to qualify for the college football championship. I mean, that, those are big publicity issues, but they don't really get to the heart of the problem for COVID. Like I said, with the XFL and others, the, those with the least resources are the most affected. And that has happened in spades in college football. So my last issue in business of business of sports is the college impact, the disruption of college sports beyond the two revenue sports of college football and college men's basketball. Those are my top 10 issues in the business of sports podcast, branch rants, top 10 issues of the 2020 year. It's been a tough year, but it's win white that we're always looking forward. We're looking bright. I wish everyone a happy and healthy and safe new year. I hope I have brought you insight, information, uh, entertainment now and then and knowledge, you know, in my third chapter of my career, First chapter agent, second chapter team, I'm trying to give back. And this is one of the ways I try to give back through my writing, through my teaching, through here. And I have a newsletter. Please sign up. Go to andrew-brandt.com. Thanks for following me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. Thanks to Brian Neal, my producer, my musical producer, Sam Brandt. Apple Podcasts, rankings and comments, always appreciated. I'll be back next week in 2021 with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.